think, but a little, little more heat down here. Karen and I got off the plane. I thought, Lord, have mercy. And uh, then you had that mask on. I couldn't breathe on top of that. But uh, it's good. Amen. Boys, these have been unusual times. And I've been praying for this church. And I hope that you'll pray for ours as well. And just trying to be wise and guide people the right way. And, uh, you know, I told some people the other day that were asking about, you know, why do you believe you ought to be open and, and aren't you being unwise? And I told them, I said, when I got into the ministry, I didn't get in to hurt people. I got in to uh, help people. And uh, no one loves people more than God's people and God's men. And so it's good to see you all here tonight. And I praise God for you. Sure love my family. Thank you, Pastor Bob, Pastor Gray. PG, and uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. Hey, Brother Spencer, and uh, still in the hallway as always. That's wonderful. Some things never change, and uh, yeah, 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 right back at you, but, uh, but it's good to be here. It's an honor, and I mean that so much. I don't know what time y'all get out, but uh, at home, we're already out, so have a great night. Amen. I... And uh, don't turn my mic off. Yeah. You think he did it on purpose. He has to go, and down he went. But Matthew 15, turn over there quickly if you would. Matthew chapter 15, it is an honor. And, and there's normally uh, preaching somewhere, I would call out names of people that I, I know or I'm thankful and, and at a church, but there are so many names here. And I know there's tons of new people, and I praise God for that. But there's so many people that have invested in my life. And uh, this church and the history of it means so much to me, and I appreciate it. And uh, just going through, and I appreciate your kindness to two of my boys last week, and uh, that's a blessing. Uh, my oldest thinks it's God's will to go into evangelism <laughs> and COVID-19. Brother Hicks, he better pray, amen. And, uh, but I'm so happy for him. He's, uh, I believe he's got God's touch on him and willing to, to take that stand and, and uh, willing to go out and serve the Lord. Praise God. We did that for 12 years, and those who have been here for a while, you watched us do it, and I appreciate your kindness uh, uh, with that. Matthew 15, I keep seeing people. I'm just not going to look at you because i got too many stories, amen. Matthew 15, if you're there, say amen. amen. All right, verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast. Hey, I'm a papa. I'm Papa G, y'all. I'm a grandfather. Just so you know, hashtag Papa G. Brother Manny, we went to college together. I can tell some stories. Remember that? That's pretty cool. Anyway, uh, but uh, yeah, Emmett. Y'all met Scott Emmett. He's like the coolest grandkid ever. Like there's no other grandchildren on the planet, okay? And you know what he calls me though? He doesn't call me Papa G. Right now he just calls me, Ugh! but soon, <laughs> soon it's going to be Papa G, all right? So just so you know. So pray for Katie. She's coming. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, Is not me to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs? And she said, Truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very 
hour. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you for the reading of your word, and I'm honored to have a copy. God, I thank you for this church, and I thank you for what it means. Thank you for the good singing, the good corporate prayer. And now as we get into the word of God, I pray that you'll help us. And uh, thank you for your kindness. Thank you for my brother and his family. And uh, God bless this church, please. It's evident that you are. Please continue to keep your hand on it. Protect it. Bless them. And uh, bless our people back of the house. And to be with Jenny. And I love you. Amen. Jesus is always going somewhere. And whenever he shows up, big things happen. When he shows up, people are fed. Charles Spurgeon, I think it was. If not, I'm going to give him credit anyway. But I believe it was he that said he tried to study when he went to do his first funeral. And so he studied all the passages of Christ to find out how Christ did one. But that didn't help because every time Christ showed up to a grave, he rose the dead. And he said, I don't have the power to do that. But when Jesus did show up, big things always happen. Unfortunately, the big thing that happened here was he was rejected of his own. So Jesus takes the steps both of racial and regional boundaries of Israel and he teaches them here and he demonstrates to them, I am not just the savior of this area, but I'm the savior of the world. While reading the book of Matthew, of course, and I know this church, you're not a novice to the Bible, but as you read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and They're all looking at the same Savior, just from different viewpoints. Matthew, of course, is the king of kings. And Mark, it shows him as that suffering servant. Luke, the son of man. John, the son of God. And it's interesting as you read some of the same stories, but they're looking at the same Christ. And Jesus is teaching us here in the book of Matthew that there is no region that the grace of God is confined to. Reading about Christ and his ministry in the gospel is such a great read. And in Mark, it appears as that suffering servant, there's many times in the Gospel of Mark that it's almost like he hides. But in Matthew, he's on the stage. In Matthew, as that king, he is out in the open. And on that stage, here comes a desperate woman. Has anybody ever been desperate? If you're ever so desperate for a drink of water, if you've ever been so desperate for something to eat, You'll eat your sister's cooking. If you've, I'm just kidding. If you've ever been so desperate, I'm thinking I'm back in North Carolina, I'm sorry. And if you're ever so desperate that you need something, I, I, I've got to have whatever now. This desperate woman is seeking a place and a meeting with the Savior. He is seeking rest in a place that he was not recognized. I want to point out a couple things quickly and then we'll segue into the body of the message. First of all, I want us to say, aren't you glad for faith? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I love the fact that I'm able to get to Christ simply by faith. Faith, is there in a greater foundational verse than Hebrews 11.1? 1? Now faith is, that pretty much tells you it's fixing to explain it. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, I like that one, the elders obtained a good report. If you ever want to see a good report of faith, just read what the elders saw because they saw a lot by faith. And then it said, through faith we understand that the world's. Go outside tonight, and as it gets dark and those uh, stars start lighting up and you start seeing things, and think about the fact by faith, all that I see was framed by the Word of God. 
And imagine what we can't see. Scientists say there's so much more. They keep renaming planets, and that's not a planet. Now Pluto is a planet. Well, it's always been a planet. It'll be okay. And uh, it's not. It is. Trust me, there's so much more we haven't seen. God still did that. I try to take that same faith and look at every individual that I come across and say, look what God has done in their life. Imagine what God can do in their life through faith. Through faith, we understand. And then we want to move from faith, childlike faith, Lord, I I trust you, to strong faith. Strong faith is that man in the book of Mark that his son was needing help. And he said, Lord, I believe. He's crying. I believe. But then what did he say? Help thou my unbelief. Though he's moved from just faith to strong faith, I believe. There's no doubt I believe. But aren't we all human? Have you ever been in your prayer time and you're in there praying to God? You're quoting verses to God? Have you ever quoted the Bible back to God? I can imagine God in heaven saying, that is not what I said. All of us preachers try to act smarter than we are. You know, when I'm preaching junior church, David was only five, slinging that little and around and around and around and around. And when you're preaching teenagers, he was 16, just got his chariot license, and he's ready to roll, man. And when you're preaching to old people, he's about 45. And, uh, but, you know, we try to act like we're smart and we got it all down. I, you know, I don't have it all figured out. I do know there's times when I'm begging God, and God, I got to have this. And you said in your word. <laughs> I can see God saying that's not what that says. The only thing you got right is salvation. You better, you're going to thank me for that. Faith. Strong faith. And then we get to this lady, and this is what I want to have in verse 28. And leave your Bibles open to Matthew 15. We're going to go through the word here. Great is thy faith. Courageous faith begins when you and I get into a state of desperation. Whenever I've tried everything I can do, when I've gone to every person I can go to, when I've researched everything I can research, And there is no hope. When I'm pushed to my limit, I will step out and show great faith. You have a Canaanite woman who finds the king of the Jews. And both cultural and national rules are broken for these two to meet. She has no right to talk to him. She steps over these lines. And I want to say I'm glad Jesus is willing to step over the same lines to get to you and I. And if this nation needs anything, it needs people to hear that Jesus saves and changes lives. And if we would start individually by repenting and getting right with God and let that flow into our families and let that flow into our church and let that flow into our community, you think we could change it? Hey, we can make a lot of changes with the power of the cross. This woman no doubt has heard that this man named Jesus can help. This woman has heard some stories. I don't know what she knows. I don't know all the stories that she's heard. I don't know what rumors have been coming through about this man named Jesus. But she has a problem that she cannot take care of. Her and her husband maybe have had a lot of discussions. Her and her husband, maybe it's gone over into arguments. Maybe it's starting to tear up the home. But I know that she hears that there's a man named Jesus. Can I give you some thoughts tonight as we walk through the text? Number one, look at this strong request. There's a strong request. I don't, what's the, the greatest prayer you've ever prayed? I mean, when it's Black Friday, we pray for parking spots. Don't act so spiritual. Y'all know what I'm talking about. 
I mean, you pull into the mall. Well, not now. I mean, you can get there pretty easy. I went there today. Amen. Dick Sporting Goods about it. But you go to the mall most of the times. You know, you go to Olive Garden on a Friday night. I mean, you'll cut three elderly ladies off to get that parking spot. God help me. I'll, I'll praise your name, you know. That's as deep as our prayer. I mean, what's the greatest prayer you've ever prayed? Look at this strong request. It's found in verse number 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. This strong request. Let me say this. When you reach your breaking point, learn how to get to the point. When you get to the place where you have no answer and you don't know where to turn and you're not sure which way to go, understand this, get to the point and thank God you got a God that you can get to the point with. They may would have allowed maybe some wrong things in their home that have allowed her daughter to have many devils. I don't know. I, I, I'm not trying to judge this dear family. I'm just trying to encourage us, be careful what you allow in your home. Be careful what you allow to enter in for your children. And boy, doesn't it wake us up when you get married and then you have these little ones you think you're supposed to have kids and then all of a sudden they cost money. And then you taught them how to walk and talk and you regretted that. And then they drive your car and they wreck all your cars. And, and uh, then they want to get married because they think they have to be in love. And you're like, go ahead. <laughs> Go get in love. That's great. Get married. That's wonderful. And uh, have many little banditos. That's great. And uh, then we just laugh and have fun, and it's great. And my kids are learning when they leave the house, I buy expensive things because they're leaving the house now. Amen. But get to Jesus before it gets to that point. Look at this strong request she has. It's found in verse 22. Have mercy on me. O Lord, thou son of David. This strong request, first of all, she said this, Lord, have mercy on me. That's a language of desperation. I mean, she's getting to the point where there's no, there's no rest in this home. There's no rest at the house. There's no peace here. And she said, oh God, would you have mercy on me? Wouldn't it be great if, if we wouldn't worry about so much about everybody else, but as I mentioned just a few seconds ago, if Scott Gray would get on his face and get right with his God, Lord, would you have mercy on me? And that's how it started in this home. And let me say, it starts with me. This language of desperation, she said, Lord, have mercy on me. But then she said, Lord, have mercy on mine. Because look at the end of the verse. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. The word vexed means irritated, annoyed. It means restless, tossed about. And here she is. She said, there's, there's many devils. And God, there's no rest. She's everywhere. And God, I, I don't know what to do. I've tried everything. And, and, and I want to encourage you, read books. Study, ask questions, seek counsel, but there's no greater place, and you know this. Let's seek God first. She said, Lord, have mercy on me. If I can get myself right, then God, would you have mercy on mine? Let's not leave them behind. She said, Lord, I, I, I need your, your help here. And let me tell you, church, help will move you and I to a place of desperation. It'll help you to break down boundaries. It will help you not to be so sophisticated. 
Man, I tell our people in church, if you feel like shouting and you're sitting by a non-shouter, you have every right to move during the flight. Man, the seatbelt light is off. Move where you can enjoy a service. It doesn't take much with me, man. You say Jesus and something on the right side says, mm. Get to singing a little bit more. Mm. I mean, it, it, it's good. Everybody okay? I'm trying to get out of here, Brother John. I, I'm watching it. Hey, it's really good. And here she is. She said, Lord, would you have mercy on me? And then she said, would you have mercy on mine? So we find this woman crying out to God. And this Lord, have mercy. It's not like Jenny when NFL starts. Lord, have mercy. Well, maybe not this year, but last year. Lord, have mercy. I won't see Scott and the boys until, you know, the Cowboys get knocked out again. So unfortunately, she sees us pretty quickly. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Just in case they're right. Lord, have mercy. No, no, no. This is the same cry that blind Bartimaeus put out. Lord, have mercy. And they said, hush. And he cried louder. You see, when something is so desperate in your life and in your world, it does not matter who hears. It does not matter who critiques. It does not matter who starts to qualify. No, no, no. I'm trying to get to God. It's like the woman that came in with the alabaster box. She didn't come to see the disciples. Y'all can say what you want to say. You can complain. You can gripe. You can murmur. You can try to put me down. But I didn't come to get my scroll signed by you. And I didn't come to get a picture chiseled out with you. I came to see the Son of God. And he's the one I have to get to. She comes to the Savior. And Christ, in the region where he's been rejected, she's not rejecting anything. She's requesting some help. And this is so interesting because I don't know what she heard. Did she hear that he raised people from the dead? Did she hear that he, that he feeds multitudes with small lunches? And maybe in her heart she said, you know, what he did then, I think he can do right now. And let me tell you something, Emmanuel. What God did 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, he can still do tonight. I, I, it doesn't bother me how you get people to church. Just bless God, get them to church. Let's teach them the word of God. Let's disciple new believers. Let's get people saved. Let's get them in the house of God. Let's baptize them. Let's teach them. And then let's get out there and do it again. And let's grow people. And, and don't worry about the church. God will take care of that. That's his business. Amen. Here she is. And after all that she does, look what happens in verse 23. But he answered her not a word. What? Seems kind of rude. Here he is. This woman has crossed lines. No doubt she's getting rebuked, probably shoved away. She gets to the Savior. She tells him her problem. And if you want to get God's attention, here's a couple ways to get it. Number one, worship God. You'll get his attention. You worship God. Just try it. See what happens. Number two, have a child involved. And you'll get his attention. He's the one that said, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not for such. Aren't you glad you have a Savior that, was, that children were very comfortable to get around? It bothers me when, people, when children don't like to get around certain people. Now I know there's some kids that are just stubborn. Have you ever walked up and been humbled? Now come here and that kid looks at you. Mm. 
You're like, well, right back at you, hoss. Amen. But I have a Savior that children ran to him. You worship God, you'll have his attention. You get children involved. I have a little girl, and she's grievously vexed. You'll have his attention. But he answered her not a word. So I see the Savior's law. I see his, his temporary calm. He's quiet. He's still. He, he's almost like he didn't hear her. Have you ever been having a conversation, and you thought you were making a really good point, and the person you're talking to wasn't listening? <laughs> called marriage hey this six foot distancing has helped my marriage amen (laughs) mama or if you're watching you know I love you baby hey peace out all right here we go the savior's law this is it's difficult to understand I personally it's a tough verse to read he answered not a word and then on top of that look what it says and his disciples came and besought him saying send her away she crieth after us it's almost like they're waiting, you know, because he does the big stuff. And here she comes. Her daughter's grievously vexed. Mm, that's like a big miracle. Hey, John, take that one. I just want to be with Jesus, man. I'll come to you. Peter, you take it. No, I ain't taking it. I'm going to hit somebody. And, I mean, they're going all over. Where's Judas? We don't know. And so here they are. She shows up. She gives her case. Jesus doesn't answer. And since he's quiet it seems they jump in and say yeah get rid of her she's crying after us to get rid of that woman security we got a shouter on row three let's get her out please quickly <laughs> y'all had no idea who was popping in did you coming from one that says ask and you shall receive coming from one that says seek and you shall find coming from one that says and he doesn't answer he doesn't notice. But look at the lesson I believe we can learn. Verse 23. He answered not a word. His disciples came to him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He said, Although they've rejected me, ma'am, my priority is to my children. And then he goes on to tell her, and because she's crying out, and basically, ma'am, you don't know Moses. You don't know Abraham. You don't know the commandments. You don't know all of this, and maybe you don't understand. I'm not here for you. I'm here for them. You're not the priority. But she keeps crying out. You ain't bothering me, man. I love it. Billy Sunday said, if a child keeps crying, take him out and rock him. If that don't work, use a bigger rock. Amen. But anyway, I'm just kidding. Amen. I can out-preach any baby. We'll be okay. I let babies come in our church. I like it. That's a good sound. That means there's life in the church. Amen. She cries out even more. He's, he, he, he acts like he's ignoring her. And she said, but, but Lord. And he doesn't say anything. And they're saying, yeah, let's get rid of her. Aren't you glad we're part of a church and your church like ours that it's an emergency room church? And let me say, I like that kind. Lord, have mercy. Not now. We're in the middle of the doxology. I mean, in the average church, like right now, if somebody came to the altar, I'd hope two or three would come help them. We wouldn't come down and say, excuse me, not now. Did you not get a copy of the order of service? Excuse me, you cannot pray right now. What are you doing? In God's dear name, the man is up there giving all wisdom 
you need to go sit down and get saved later. No, we would go down and help them. I mean, we would dive in there, man. And I love it. That, that, that's, we, we don't need to, okay. <laughs> my daughter-in-law, I mean, she's great with child. And she's watching. She's my favorite daughter-in-law. She's great with child. And if she's sitting in the waiting room and she thinks, well, I think, I think I'm, oh, my water broke. Well, I'm sorry, ma'am. You're just going to have to wait your turn. Yeah, probably not. now is not the time to tell that dear lady you're going to have to wait your turn. She's going to kill someone. She's going to grab Scott, Scotty, Evangelist, Scott Michael Gray II. <laughs> you did this to me. I'm going to kill you. You get me in that room. You get me help now. Amen. And here's this woman saying, Lord, have mercy. He doesn't acknowledge her. And then... Look what happens, this great reward, because she keeps on and she keeps on. Look at verse number 25, please. While he does not respond to her, he said, I'm here coming to the lost sheep of Israel. In the middle of his sentence, then she came and worshiped him. He's telling her, ma'am, my priority is not you. He said, I'm here for the lost sheep. And look at the special reward in verse 26. But he answered and said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. He tells her, I'm sitting at the table, ma'am, and I'm eating. It's not proper for me to feed the dog first. Don't act like you don't feed your dog. And you can tell who does because when the whole family in, it's the one the dog goes to. (laughs) Do you give that dog food? I never do. Well, why is it standing right there everywhere you go? He said, it's not meat. To feed the puppies first. He said, I'm taking care of my children. And look what she says. Truth. You're exactly right. But even the dogs get the crumbs that fall from the master's table. I want to say this as I close. She's there and she's desperate. I've got a daughter. She's grievously vexed. In the middle of her desperate cry, she's worshiping God. She's doing everything she can. He says, ma'am, it's not meat. She said, I understand. I understand. I I, I don't know your Moses. I don't know your Abraham. I don't know your commandments. I don't know. All I know is I've got a situation, and I heard you deal with situations. Could you help my situation? We have a dog at the house named Jules. Mm. (laughs) Jules is a wiener dog (laughs) that is the largest wiener dog in the history of wiener dogs, okay? That dog is about the size of your pulpit. She cannot run upstairs. She looks at the stairs and waits for you to come help her. There's something about Jewel. She loves everybody. She's a very kind dog. But Stephen has trained that dog, my my youngest son. He he trained that dog without saying any words. He just does motions. And that dog does whatever he tells it to do. But there's something that can trump Stephen. And it's whenever the Holy Ghost tells me about 1030 at night that there's frosted flakes in that cupboard. Or Lucky Charms. 
and you put all the marshmallows in one. There's, that's a totally different Bible study. But <laughs> it doesn't matter how much control Stephen has. The minute she hears, and she hears the cling of a bowl, and she hears that cupboard door, all of a sudden she can run. And she comes a waddling in, and she freezes right there. Because anything that comes from me is much better than what we put in that bowl. And all she wants is for something to drop. She's on it, and then she's right back to me. She won't move. She'll stay there until the last bite. And then she'll follow you to the kitchen sink just in case. I don't know what you want to do here at the end. I should ask you, but can I ask you this? Have you ever had one of those crumbs that fell from the master's table have you ever had something that you needed so badly and God it seems like is not responding Lord I know Lord I believe would you help my unbelief God I know I, I, I know I don't belong here I'm, in, I'm the wrong race I'm in the wrong region and you're here to speak to them you're not here to speak to me but I have an issue that I cannot handle and I've got something that I can't care for but I hear you care for things that nobody else can care for and I hear you can deal with issues that nobody else can deal with and I hear you can save and I hear you can heal and I hear you can do things that, that nobody else will get and God if you don't mind can I just have a crumb doesn't this country really need some people that truly believe? The greatest thing that you can do and I can do to change our community is not just to set up things and not just, I'm for organization, please, you know, and don't get me wrong. But the greatest thing I can do is to keep going to the one that wrote this book and keep spending time with him. And even when it seems like the prayers aren't getting answered, even when it seems like, you, I don't think that's going to work. It may not, but I'm waiting. And Jesus said, great is thy faith. Why? Because she started worshiping. And the Bible says her daughter was made whole. She wasn't healed. She was made whole. That very hour. I don't know if her daughter was with her. I don't know if her husband held on to her at the house. Said, baby, you go get him. I'll stay with her. But wherever that girl was, something started changing. And she said, ooh. Hey, Dad. He looked at her and said, to, is it you? She said, yeah. Boy, I don't know what's going on. I'm feeling pretty good. And I can see mama maybe running back to the house saying, how is she? <laughs> Ask her for yourself. When God makes a change, nobody will have to answer for you. You can answer for yourself.
Let's all stand together, please. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed.